it's a cycle. It's a circle of abundance. You can start in any part of that circle. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to another edition of Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is the one and only Liz Wolf. How are you, Liz? I am great. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on the show. Hey, thanks for being on the show. And I want to read your bio so that people know who you are. Liz Wolf is a business coach, author, and speaker who coaches entrepreneurs to get unstuck so that they can launch and grow an abundant business. She got her entrepreneurial start growing up on a sheep farm in Western Pennsylvania with her mother and two sisters. Liz says one of her greatest accomplishments is staying married to her husband for 25 years while running a business with him. Yeah, that's always tough. And always eager to get in front of a crowd, Liz also plays the ukulele and is half of the singing duo, Eucalicious. That's right. And now, Liz, we talked about what we were going to have as a topic for the show. So I'm just going to ask you that right out of the gate. What are the three keys to an abundant business? Well, Matt, I am so glad that you asked me that question because I believe that this is one of the concepts that if small business owners the world over would understand and could appreciate and implement in their business, they would see a tremendous difference for themselves. So I'm first going to tell you what they are not. And there, there are things that every entrepreneur and thousands of books all tout. These are ways to grow your business. And the first one is that you should work really, really hard. And some version of working really hard or having really good discipline or good time management. Another key that people think is, well, if only I knew the right people, if only I get to enough networking events, if only I could get the best referrals. And another key that people often think is, well, don't I need to take more certification courses or get my MBA or do something that go to another $10,000 marketing program so I can be certified to whatever. And what I like to say is that those are all good tools in your entrepreneurial toolbox. Like, I'm not going to say you don't never going to work hard or it's not helpful to get referrals or meet the right people. But all of those things that I just described are things that aren't necessarily available to you right now. And when they're not available to you right now, they turn into what I call an as soon as conversation, like as soon as I get disciplined or as soon as I meet the right person or as soon as I get their credential, then my business is really going to take off. Well, I don't want to wait around for that. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to wait around for that. Plus, what if I never get disciplined? You know, what if I'm just disorganized mess? Does that mean my business can't succeed? So no. Okay. So what I've done is I've developed the idea of these other three keys to creating an abundant business. And they are as follows. Number one, ask powerfully. Number two, give wholeheartedly. And number three is receive graciously. And all of those three things are something you can start doing right now. Right. So on the topic of the, the things that it's not, those things are definitely touted all the time. And interestingly, I was actually just doing some research um, for a writing project that I have. And one of the things that I came across was super interesting, was actually a study about people who work more hours 
because I find it's very common in kind of the modern day, you know, LinkedIn has gotten really popular. And so there's a lot of people on there touting this life work balance, right? Like put life first and, and, and all the things you need to do first, and then, you know, try to still be successful working less hours. But the studies that I found showed that people who work 10% more hours make 40% more income compared to their peers who work less. And like, I haven't seen any studies and I don't even know if any have been really done to show that people who work less somehow still make more money. Like I just haven't found that yet. And so I don't know if that exists. Um, but I thought that was interesting to bring up just because of, you know, what you said. Um, and of course you said, yeah, you're going to have to work hard sometimes. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I also think that there's a bit of a way that you can plan your business so that, you know, the hard work you do at the start makes it so you have to work less later. And that seems to be something that's missing from those conversations also. But let's get back to the three keys. So the first one is about learning to ask powerfully. But why don't we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. And to, to piggyback on what you were saying, listen, I work all the time. I'm not a person that doesn't work. In fact, growing up on a sheep farm, uh, I could tell you that I worked a lot of hours doing a lot of really hard work like baling hay or any number of other things that are really hard on a farm for anybody out there that ever lived on or worked on a farm. So working hard, as they say, I look at it more like a tool in your toolbox. The thing is that we always are looking for ways, as we all have heard, to work smarter, not harder, right? So let me tell you a little bit more about what I mean by ask powerfully. So when people say to me, what's the most impactful thing that I can do to help my business and to grow my business? I will say, ask for what you want, ask powerfully. So what I mean by that is it's, it's actually, qu there's quite a bit in there. And the first part is, is you have to know what you want. A lot of business owners are floating out there in the world and they don't even really know what they're working for. You know, you work really hard and you're like, what, what am I doing? You know, it feels like you never get anywhere because all you do is get up and work all day because you don't have a clear vision. And that's the first thing that I would do with all of my clients is I say, what do you want? And we talk about what do you want? What's your vision? And when I say ask powerfully, of course, I'm creating a phrase, right? I'm trying to make it flow. But the point of the word powerfully is you have to be specific. So I'll give you an example. People say, I'll say, well, what's, what do you want to create in 2022, let's say? And they'll say, I want more money. And I'll say, how much more money? Because guess what? $5 is more money. But I know you don't want $5 more. And a million dollars is more money. But, you know, so what's the, there's a big difference between those two. So asking powerfully is asking specifically for what you want. And then the second part of that is, and, and I just finished and just published a book called The Power of Asking. And the subtitle is How Your Reluctance to Ask Puts Your Business at Risk. Sales is all about asking. And some people don't like that, not one bit. They don't want to have to ask. They want people to just offer. And that's not how it goes down. I think when sales comes around, I think of another study. I'm kind of a big research guy. Another study that was super interesting that was in the new version of the book Persuasion. 
they had people in, I think, I believe it was done with a restaurant in Manhattan, right? And you're in Manhattan. So anyway, what they had is they had a whole bunch of people kind of no call, no showing for the reservations at the restaurant. And what they did is when people would call in to make a reservation, they'd be like, okay, well, we got your reservation down. So, you know, call us if you can't make it or or you need to change your reservation or whatever. And people would be like, sure. And then they wouldn't. Right. So what they did is they changed it and they said, what you need to do is you need to ask them this question. Say, if you need to change your reservation or you can't show up, will you call and tell me and then wait for them to say yes? And they say yes. And because they have said that, yes, I will do it. Now it's them telling you they're going to do it and they will not break their word because they don't want you to think that they're dishonest or not trustworthy. Right. And they were able to decrease their no call, no shows for reservations by 30 percent just by changing the last sentence and asking a question. That's that is a fabulous piece of information. That's a great story. And that is a really great example of asking powerfully, not just saying, please call us, which, you know, why would I? I have three restaurant reservations right now because I'm not sure what my mother-in-law wants to do when she comes into right. town. Right? So will you call and let me know? That is a really great example. And that's it. Sometimes when I say ask powerfully, sometimes people hear that and then they go away and they come back and they, they think that I said ask boldly, which I find very amusing. And I find very interesting, I should say. And but I'm with it. Like, that's part of it is really asking boldly. Like, will you call? Because some people don't want to ask something like that because they think, well, it's going to put them out. And uh, I don't, I don't want to put it, put them out. And in the, in the book, in my Power of Asking book, I do go through all the reasons why people don't ask. And there are quite a few, quite a few fears and doubts and concerns that come up. Yeah, there's, um, interestingly, there's also kind of a debate going on in in both Canada and the United States, I've seen it. And it's about having staff ask people about things like masks or vaccinations. And the reason that staff don't want to ask is they don't want conflict, right? They don't want someone yelling at them or threatening them or whatever, right? Which is ridiculous that this still happens in the world nowadays, but, you know, is what it is. So there's a lot of, you know, talk about, should the government be mandating that bars and restaurants and event spaces have making their employees ask these questions of people, right? And there's also that debate of, should it be someone in management who's asking the question of people? And is is this a management level job? And should policing these things even be on the employees instead of on the regulators, right? So yeah, I just, I thought that was interesting kind of on the asking side. I don't really have a solution for it. I just thought it was interesting. Well, what I'm hearing in that, too, is the idea around authority. Do I have the authority to ask? And this is one of the reasons why people don't ask. Even in a business or in a sales conversation, they they don't want to put pressure on people. So we don't ask and we lose out on a lot of opportunities because we're not asking. You know, here's an example of something I could ask. Do you have a budget? to pay for this service that I'm looking to sell to you right now. Are you a, in a position, are you a buyer? You know, who are, who are you in the hierarchy of buying this service from me? If you're selling to a B2B, are you ready to purchase this? We don't want people to feel pressured. And that's why we don't want, 
we don't want people to, we don't want to ask, you know, are you vaccinated or dear, you know, please put on your mask because who am I to be a person of authority? I don't want to put pressure on you. And what I like to say about asking questions, and first of all, it's all about practicing. You have to practice. And so I, I have gotten really good about asking because I just do it all the time. I like to tell people that is why I own five ukuleles. Yes, five, five ukuleles I own. Why? Because I asked for them when it was my birthday or anniversary. I was like, I want another ukulele. And my husband's like, really? Another one? I'm like, but it's different than the other one. But I just have gotten good at asking. But I've also, this is very key around asking. I'm not attached to the results. I'm not attached. Like, I'm okay with one ukulele or five ukuleles, or I could find another way to buy one. That That's kind of a silly example. But one of the things when we're asking for a sale is we're often very attached to the result. Of course, we want them to buy it. And so we want to try to ask, you know, you know, what we look for all these techniques. What's the right way to ask and all that stuff. The reality is, is that we're just not asking and we're afraid of putting pressure on people. And we're afraid that we don't have the authority to do that. And we don't have enough practice in asking. So practiced asking with detachment of the result, you will feel a lot freer and more bold and powerful. Nice. And your second point was giving wholeheartedly. Yes, that's correct. And I'm a firm believer in, you know, kind of living your life in service, right? And not kind of in the the religious standpoint, but in in the life of service to others that giving is the way in the long run to, you know, happiness and in receiving the things that you want also, right? Nobody ever went broke helping other people's dreams come true, right? Is it sort of this idea of, you know, being of service and giving or is it something else that you mean by that? Well, that's the interesting thing about giving. So first thing I want to point out about the giving is that when I, if I were to say to people, okay, now you've asked for what you want, what's the next step? The tendency is to say the next step is to receive because I asked and now I'm ready to receive. And so there's this middle step, which is about giving wholeheartedly. And again, it has to do with detachment meaning I'm willing to let go. What is giving? Giving is like it's flowing away from me. And giving has a lot of interpretations. It is about being in service. So an example would be if I want more clients and I ask for a referral, let's say, or I ask the universe, please bring me more clients or any number of ways I might be asking for more clients, including running ads or any anything like that, then the next thing to do is to look around and say, how can I help other people get referrals? Because that's what I want. I want referrals. And when you give what you want, what you're actually doing is you're creating more of it in the universe. You're creating, literally creating more of it. So another thing that I will often recommend to people is giving to causes that you care about. But if you're a small business owner, one of the ways that I give is I will give money to organizations that help other entrepreneurs, usually small entrepreneurs. You can send like $25 to like one of these micro loan places where they help businesses in developing nations to become more self-sufficient. So for $50, I help three women get their cottage industry to the next level. And it's a great way to give. And what I'm doing is I'm creating more entrepreneurship in the universe, in the world, literally. So 
giving can also be letting go of clients that don't work for you, but you hold on to for some reason. People let them go. They're not serving you. Giving up old ideas about ways to run businesses, even giving up your business if it's not really something you want to do because your grandfather founded it and you want to do something else. So there's a lot of ways that you can be giving and it's all about releasing so that you can create space to create more of what you want. That's super interesting. So we're not just talking about giving in the sense of like charitable giving, but also giving in things that no longer serve you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting also because and that's something our company has done. You know, we had one of our staff members move on to another company and then eventually they started their own company similar to ours, not quite the same, but we actually transferred some of the clients that they had originally brought in for us to their new company, to their new agency. And we essentially gave them to them for nothing. We didn't sell them the clients or anything. We just said, here, here's the clients that you brought in. I don't think that we have the time to serve them as well as you could serve them. So, you know, you're better off being the point person for those people. And this worked out really well. And that gave us more time so that we could focus more on our clients. Right. And good for everybody. Yes. Abundance is letting go. Scarcity is holding on. If you think about the feeling you have when you're holding on to something like, oh, I don't want to let it go or, you know, oh, there's only so much. Then and then we act that way around money. I could talk about money for a really long time around that idea. So it's flipping the idea that abundance is all about accumulation and scarcity is when I don't have anything. It's actually the opposite. When you allow things to flow, I don't want to get too like woo woo, you know, woo wooey with this, but it really is an energetic exchange. That's what we're doing here. I'm giving you my energy as my as a coach. You're giving me energy in the form of money. And that's how all of our businesses work. So if we come from that place of abundance is letting go and scarcity is holding on, it shifts our perspective. And I love your example because it was very generous to do. You could have held on to them, but then they would have just gone stale. And what what good is that doing to anyone? And someday she's going to refer someone back to you. That's right. I think, um, you know, another way of putting it and, you know, I'm not woo woo as you put it. Right. But there's always an exchange of value. And that exchange of value is something measurable, right? So if somebody is living in sort of the scarcity mindset, one of the biggest things that they miss out on is the reciprocity principle, right? If they say, I come to a client and I say, look, I want you to give one tenth of a, I don't know, let's say they have a bakery. I want you to give one tenth of a brownie to everyone who walks in the store, right? Give them a sample. And they say, yeah, but I have 100 people a day come in. I'm going to lose 10 brownies. I charge $4 a brownie. I'm going to lose 40 bucks of revenue. But studies show that there's a study done at a candy store and people who were given a sample of candy before they walked into the candy store purchased 40% more candy. So are you losing $40 or are you losing 40% of your revenue? The scarcity mindset says I shouldn't give anything away. I should keep everything I can. And the abundance mindset says, I want to give to everyone who's coming in and then they will give to me in return. My stand for abundance is this. There's plenty for everyone, including me. 
And that's coming from that. There's plenty of candy for everyone. There's plenty of brownies for everyone. I believe it's also in that book, Persuasion, where he talks about reciprocity as a tool for creating some persuasion and and sales. And that is why people give away free samples. That's why we have free business strategy sessions, which is what I do with people that want to talk to me. And I give freely give coaching to people who just want to have one conversation with me because, and actually I had a pretty high paying, one of my higher paying clients before he even bought anything from me. He told me about his father who had passed away recently. And there was a memorial, like a scholarship in his name at a college I didn't even know the man. I said, sounds like an interesting, worthwhile cause. I donated $50 and it was freely done and joyously given. And of course it was going to have an impact. And he was going to say, oh, look, Liz cares about what I care about. And he ended up hiring me. So I, I want to be careful that I don't sound like, oh, I just manipulated that, you know, and I just manipulated that sale. That wasn't the point. The point was I knew that if I were able, if I were willing at the start to give that he would be more open to being in relationship with me. Absolutely. And there's also, you know, you need to be able to give without the expectation that you're going to get something in return and not be unhappy if they don't take you on as a client, even though you donated. Right. I have an example is a perfect example. So there was a couple who were working in a field where the other person involved, the business person involved, had a school charity and used them as a provider for a service for their business. And so they had donated to the school charity, well, well, promised, right, that they would donate to the school charity. And then for some reason, they couldn't service the business anymore. So they were going to lose that account. And then they revoked their donation to the school when they couldn't do business with them anymore. And just the amount of like bad press that they got, not bad press, like in the press, but bad press, like people bad mouthing them behind the scenes, like in their networking groups and their chamber of commerce. And of course they told everybody they knew, right. They were like, I can't believe these jerks pulled out on my daughter's school donation for this function. You know, when it's not either of our fault that we couldn't do business together, it just wasn't a good fit. Right. And something like that, is where you're giving with the expectation where you're only going to do it if you're getting business. That's not giving. That's just a cost of doing business. That's right. That's right. It's not giving wholeheartedly. They did not give that money wholeheartedly. They gave it conditionally. (laughs) That's right. Conditionally is not a good way to go. Yeah. And it's not going to work because it's just not the energetic exchange that is authentic. That's right. So what's the third key to an abundant business? Okay. The third one is to receive graciously. And everyone always says, oh, I want, that's not a problem for me. I can receive so easily. Yeah, right. Spend 15 minutes on the phone with me and I will help to pick out some areas of your life where actually you're not, or in your business, where you're not receiving very well at all, certainly not graciously. And I'm not trying to be snarky about it. What I mean by that is we, just like we give conditionally, sometimes we receive conditionally. We are critical of what's coming our way. We often don't like it. And so we are, you know, we think, oh, I'm just going to receive with open arms, whereas really we're sort of judging it as it's coming our way. Like, is that what I want? Is that what I want? And you can tell your own ability to receive by even just asking yourself the question, how well do you receive something as simple as a compliment? 
how well do you receive something like here comes the holiday season or maybe by the time this comes out, it might have passed. But birthdays, how well do you receive gifts? I complimented one of my clients recently and I said, you know, I really love working with you. You're, you're so awesome. And she said, oh, stop. And I was like, <laughs> what? Hello. Um, first of all, you can even see in that little exchange how why would you? You're discounting what I'm saying. I just told you you're one of my favorite clients. Why would I say that? I mean, I could keep my mouth shut. Why would I say that? So I brought it up to her the next time because we happened to be getting off the phone at that moment. And I brought up, it was like, you know, that's about receiving. And so you are fabulous. And when people compliment you, they mean it. They're not saying it because they don't mean it. Another way we don't receive well is we don't really receive money very well. I know that sounds crazy, but think about it. When you give somebody a ride and they say at the end of the ride, hey, can I give you five bucks for gas? Do you say, oh, no, 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 no. Or do you say, yes, thanks, and receive the money? So I have a policy. Whenever anyone (laughs) offers me money, I accept it. I want money. So I want to be learning how to receive with grace and have some gratitude around that. And that's one way that you can have that grace is to experience gratitude just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. I'm glad you like working with me. Thank you. Yes, I bought this scarf at a thrift store, but it's one of my favorites. Thank you. That's the graciously part. Nice. There is also, you know, besides just receiving money, I think a lot of people have a hard time receiving kind of success in general. They really have, you know, everybody I think nowadays has heard of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Where they just feel like, why am I getting this recognition? I don't feel like I'm an expert in my field or, you know, whatever that is that they feel. And and then there's there's kind of a self-sabotage that starts to happen with people in success. Right. They go, well, I'm not I'm not worthy of this success for whatever reason that they've made up in their own head. And then they can't receive the rewards of that success. You know, be that, you know, usually comes in the form of getting more clients, you know, being able to charge more money, getting more press and and being mentioned online and and things like that, right? So I think a lot of people have a hard time accepting success into their lives, you know, which is what they've been working toward, right? Yeah, it's crazy talk. There is so much that I want to say about this. First of all, thank you for bringing that up. One of the things I hear people say a couple of variations of they'll say I, I work with a lot of new entrepreneurs and when things start working, because why else hire me unless I'm going to help you do get, get it right. So things are going to start working at some point. And then then somebody will say, well, you can't believe it. That's the first thing they'll say when they say, you, you can't believe it. Well, first of all, I believe it. How, why do I believe it? Because it happened. Saying I can't believe it is a really good way to not receive something. It's happening. It's literally happening. And as it's happening, you're not believing it. I mean, you're talking about receiving conditionally. Oh, it's happening, but I'm just going to act like it's not happening because I don't believe it. So that's one thing. And then they'll follow that by saying, randomly, after we got off the call last week, I got a call from so-and-so and that just fell in my lap. You say things like, right. it wasn't random. Because you put an intention, you asked for it powerfully. It's not random, my friends, you're creating it. And when you say it's random, what you're saying is, I didn't have anything to do with that, which is not only false, but not even that helpful. 
and it didn't fall in your lap. Okay. Things don't fall in people's laps. Things occur because you're aligning them and you're putting the intention out. You're working hard. You're doing everything you need to do. You're asking powerfully, you're giving, you're receiving, and it's happening. So one of the ways that we don't receive is by, I, I like to say, by insulting it, by saying, that's crazy, or I don't believe it, or, you know, it was ridiculous how easy that was. Okay, so do we want to insult success or do we want to have success? <laughs> Let's just receive the success we have. Yeah, I think being able to also identify, you know, something that was the result of your efforts is sometimes difficult for people because it's not as easy to connect the dots in, you know, especially like a service-based business, like a product business, you can say, I advertised X amount of dollars on this platform and it made a conversion on my website. It cost me this many dollars. They clicked on this ad. They clicked on this thing. They bought it. I shipped it. They said they're happy. It's a complete understanding of that cycle of that product, right? Front and back. But what people don't understand is they're doing all the effort and all the work. And even if it was the same product based business, maybe they go, you know, we're selling tons of X and I don't really know why. And well, it's because you put in all the effort to do all the things, you know, that you need to do to try and grow your business. And then it starts growing and you go, I don't understand why. (laughs) Right. And well, why is because you've been doing all the right things you need to do to grow the business. Right. And you bring up something else, which is that the we are often not prepared to receive our success. An example I like to use, I have very few, but I do have uh, two, two house plants. Okay. And the one of them is one of those like ones you barely ever have to water, which is really good because I barely ever water it. And every how I know that it's time to water it is I pick it up and it's like, it's very light. It's not a very heavy, it's not a very big plant. So it's like, oh, And so then I take it over to the sink and I always take it over to the sink to fill it with water because when there's no context to receive the water because the, because it's so dried out, when I pour that water in, it's going to flow right through. And that's, that's what happens with receiving. If you're not being that space of receiving and acknowledging and appreciating and experiencing, think of gratitude, like a watering, a, a consistent watering. Because if that plant was had been maintained properly and watered once a week or whatever you're supposed to do, it would have that moisture already in that soil so that when I poured the water in, it would just absorb it. It's a funny thing, but I don't ever do that. So I put it in the sink and I pour water in it and then I just let it flow out the bottom. And then I pour a little bit more in and then for about a week, it's pretty good. And then the cycle starts all over again. I don't want people to think I observe, uh, excuse me, abuse my plants, but you know, it's just, that's the way it is. But I like that example because that's the way we are with receiving. We're not a context for receivability. We have to be ready for it. We have to be constantly practicing receiving. And that's all about accepting what's coming your way. Something interesting with kind of a regular system of being able to talk about things that you're grateful for in your business, like a major part of like BNI, the business networking group, We have a membership group for health and wellness people on our Business Builder Throwdown show. And every week, everybody has a little bit of time to chat about, you know, what are they grateful for that's happened in their business recently? And I see people who go to groups and like networking groups and business groups and things like that. And they will say things like, 
you know, I don't get a lot of referrals or business directly from the group, but my business has grown since I've been in the group. Right. And they don't understand that the attribution is things like having services of others that you can trust, that you can count on to work with your business or that the gratitude that you're sharing every week allows you to, you know, accept that growth uh, mindset into your business and, and having, you know, some some peers and 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 things like that. I mean, it's super helpful, right, because isolation is a real business problem also. And and I know we had talked at the beginning about how, you know, if I only knew these five people or whatever, but I don't think that's always the case. Right. I think a lot of it is about the the additional benefits you get. So I talk about the, th- the three keys like their steps, like ask, then give, then receive. And then if we break out, receive graciously between receive and gratitude, like those those are the steps. But actually, you can think of it more like a circle. So it's a cycle. It's a circle of abundance. You can start in any part of that circle. You can start at actually just experiencing gratitude. So you don't have to ask for something first. You don't have to have, you don't even have to have received something to experience gratitude for it. You can just experience gratitude. In some of the trainings that I do, that's an exercise. What you just described in your networking group, where you can just say, what am I grateful for? And you can actually generate that experience of gratitude. So there's just multitudes of examples of people who have, including like everyone from Oprah on down, who really focus on gratitude as a tool to get them into a space of creating abundance. And when you're in that space, that's when it seems to flow much more easily for you. And so if you think of it like a circle and that you can start at any place there, then you can really get that spark of abundance going in your business. Perfect. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I don't want to have to cut it short, but we don't want to go too long because people can also reach out to get more information from you. So if if somebody wants to find out more about this from you, what's the best place for them to reach out to you? Thank you for asking that. Well, you can go to my website, which is lizwolfcoaching.com. Wolf has an E, so L-I-Z-W-O-L-F-E, coaching.com forward slash contact. If you go there, you will see, of course, my contact information. And there's a link there to sign up for a 45-minute free business strategy session. I am very happy to speak to people, as I spoke about earlier in this podcast. I would love to learn about your business, what you're trying to do, where you feel stuck. And there's always time on my calendar. You can go on there and do that. And then... Well, after you do that, dig around a little bit. There's a lot of resources on my website on this topic. And of course, I just published my book, The Power of Asking. So if you look that up on Amazon, you can learn all about asking and get things going in your business. That's right. And we need to remind everyone to ask powerfully. So go to Amazon, type in Liz Wolf, and that's Wolf with an E, find her new book and buy it. And then you can read it. And then you can start your journey to getting unstuck. Liz, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's a great conversation. Really appreciate it. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. 
Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.